Look at that. The weather got all nice for us to make some radio on your Thursday on Out of the Box on FBI. And my guest today on the show is Evelyn Morris, who you might remember from Melbourne band Pikelet, which features Evelyn on vocals and playing more instruments than I can name. Actually, for over a decade and throughout several bands, Evelyn has been a fixture in the Melbourne underground music kind of scene. So when an enormous book was published subtitled Voices from the Australian Underground, Evelyn noticed women's voices were noticeably missing. In response, Evelyn is working on Listen, which is a project intended to spark a conversation about women's experiences in Australian music. Welcome on Out of the Box, Evelyn. Hello. How's it going? Pretty good. That's good. It's a bit of a rush to get here, though. Yeah, bit yeah. Bit of a shemoz. Plus, I forgot my wallet. <laughs> WGF. All right. So there is a website up, up and running. So it's listenlistenlisten.org. Yeah. What's the purpose of that website? Uh, well, the main purpose is to create discourse around music, um, which I think is important regardless of what you're talking about. You know, I, I've always been a fan of music that's aligned itself with any kind of political discourse. So that's the main thing. But... Um, yeah, coming from a, a female perspective or, you know, a queer pers- perspective or a trans perspective, basically anything that's kind of not the dominant male voice that tends to, yeah, kind of fill our ears constantly. So listen, listen, listen.org is a platform for everyone that's not prescribing to that, that main yeah. values. Exactly. Yeah. So um, we, we plan to have, like, the way that I feel about it is that I'd like it to start from a feminist perspective but kind of broaden into whatever areas need to be explored. So, you know, it's definitely not just about feminism. Um, pretty interested in going over to Indonesia at some point and um, doing some work uh, in terms of getting Australia to understand the, the fact that we live in a place surrounded by islands <laughs> rather than some sort of removed Wait, we England. Do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's another aspect of it. It's, it's kind of just keep the, the whole idea of it, though, is for it to grow in whatever way it needs to. So it's somebody explained it as being crowdsourced history because the original um, idea was mainly to document women's history in music because it's kind of something that can go missing. Um, it's true in art as well. Like a lot of female artists just do not really get documented in the same way as men do um, or celebrated in the same way. So um, that was the idea at first was to document the history of all of the women that are doing stuff at the moment. And I thought if I just choose everything that gets documented, then it's kind of just an ego project and it's kind of just about me and what I like. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've I've made sure that it's got to be everybody just contributing what everybody thinks needs to be I love that written term, about crowdsourced history yeah it. yeah so um <clears throat> we we are inviting everybody to just write articles about whatever they think is important wondrous so go check it out on listen listen listen.org and see what's already there and see you know think about what you might like to contribute that would be great so how about we work on our first track yeah mm-hmm so this is a track by um deep time they're a duo from I think the west coast of America but I could be wrong. Actually, they could even be Canadian. My research is not as good as yours. But they <laughs> I found out about them when I was working at Polyester Records, which is a little shop in Melbourne. I was only there a short time, but while I was there, I kind of found out about all this new music that I hadn't heard of, and this band was one of them. Um, she's got this kind of incredible voice that I think is really rich, and I love the um, the the rhythms as well. The interplay between the guitar and the drums is really good. An FBI 94.5.
FBR 94.5. That track was brought in by my guest today, Evelyn Morris. Deep Time. What was the name of that track? Yeah. Pretty good one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought I'd start it off with something upbeat. Yeah. Okay. And now let's get downbeat. Okay. So <laughs> the uh, the project you were just talking about a moment ago, listen. Yeah. Um, that's something you've been building gradually and kind of, you know, crowdsourcing history, as you said. But it all kind of started as a reaction to a book in a way. Yeah. yeah. Um, which was... Uh, somewhat difficult and controversial because obviously uh, anytime you criticise somebody's work, you know, people get a little upset. And um, uh, James Critzler, who wrote Noise in My Head, um, is a, you know, it was it was a really excellent book. So it was it was not that I was saying it's a terrible book, but I was kind of saying that the, a lot of the language of it was quite um, exclusionary, was quite, it was, I felt as though the way that my band True Radical Miracle was written about wasn't really the way that I felt about it, you know. Mm-hmm. It kind of felt like it was coming from the male perspective. And then there was a bunch of other things in there that just felt icky, like the way that some guys were interviewed about their female bandmates. And, yeah, so I sort of just made a comment about it and then there was like 600 responses or something. And what was the comment like? Something like, uh, gosh, I can't even remember. I posted it somewhere. I reposted it on the Listen page, I think. Um Something like, I'm so sick of the, the male back padding culture, you know, that sort of dudes loving dudes in bands and kind of, you know, it's really bizarre being the only woman in all male bands, like surrounded by other all male bands for so long. Like you start to just feel like you are shrinking into the corner or kind of really fighting to be heard. So that's always been the case for you because, I mean, baseball, yeah. true radical miracle, pikelet, all... <clears throat> No, baseball was uh, half-half, so okay. Monica um, Fickley was also in that band who's in Love of Diagrams as well. She's yep. she's amazing and she was really fun to tour with. Um, but by and large. By and large, yes, though, that has been your experience. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and like, not even just the bands that I've toured with and played in, but just all the other bands that are around. And it's not, it's not like I don't love hanging out with dudes. I've got two brothers, so it's kind of what I'm used to. But, like, um, just... Even, you know, that whole thing of like feeling like your jokes aren't laughed at as much and mm-hmm. all of that kind of thing. Yeah. So so your initial reaction to Noise in My Head was like, oh, there's some things I'm kind of upset with or like feeling a bit icky about that I kind of want to point out. But you, you kind of seem to feel a bit hesitant to point anything out. Yeah, well, I, I think that 
the problem with um, overly criticising the book, or, like Jimmy's book or bringing it back to that too much, is that really that was just the straw that broke the camel's back. It wasn't... It wasn't his fault that that language was like that. It's it's you know hundred years of patriarchy infused into the music scene. So, it I can't really spend too much time criticizing him personally because mm-hmm. he was sort of just he was like something I could point at. You know that book was something I could point at and go, okay, there's a tangible, you know, vis- visible uh, example of the things that. I feel have been happening for so long and it was just a relief to, to kind of go, oh, look, it's true. It's true that I felt yeah. that way. You Something know? to make your feelings less ex- like abstract. How do you talk yeah. about them when they seem so Well, and all of the, all of the aspects of um, being a feminist in music, uh, like the stuff that, that bothers us is kind of very hard to point at. It's very subtle. So it was kind of... I was I just about to ask you to point at them. But then, well, that's the thing. It's, yeah. it's kind of hard. It's like it's it's the language used when your music re- is reviewed. Like uh, you, you often get kind of trivialised and yeah. made to sound like you're um, cutesy or sweet yeah. or, or ethereal or anything sort of thin and weak. <laughs> yeah, I mean like waif-like is a thing. Yeah, you know, yeah. Song, songbird, song Quirky, stress, I get quirky all the yeah. time. Yeah. And like, you know, I, I take, I mean, I take yeah, music really seriously and I always have ever since I was like, 15 it's always been the only thing I want to do and whether or not um uh I feel legitimate in my own world I've never felt as though I've been seen as quite as legitimately as men seem to be okay so (coughs) one of the one of the things that you said when you wrote an article for the lifted brow which is a great zine that's been around for quite a while actually had we had the writer Sam on uh, Sam Clooney? Sam, yeah, Sam Clooney yeah. on the show when yeah. uh, Heidi was presenting before. It's a really great episode if you can listen back to it. Um, but, yeah, you said uh, there's a responsibility that goes along with presenting yourself as a voice of a movement. What do you kind of mean by that? Uh, I guess what I mean is if, if you're going to express um, some sort of aspect of history, like if you're going to document... I mean, it kind of became a little bit like a canon, that book, you know, even if that wasn't what he was intending. I think you just have to think about the fact that this sort of system of um, suppressing certain elements within music has to be something that you address while you're writing about music. You have to be aware of the fact that you're part of that system that's a, that's sort of suppressing elements of history. So by being like, isn't it great how masculine this band is and it's so it's such a macho sound or whatever, you're kind of talking about like, you know, inflating all of the masculine traits while yeah. kind of, you know, leaving out or, you know talking down to the more what would be perceived as feminine traits yeah and also um talking about some of the women in the bands as though they were just there to be people's girlfriends okay um, actually yeah stuff like that you know like I, I and I know some of those women very well and I was just very offended for them because I know how seriously they take music as well and I I just felt like wow they've spent all these years working really hard to be seen as a musician and they're just seen as the girlfriend still. There's a pretty poignant example of that with um, Kitchen's Floor. Julia mm. Norris was not interviewed for the book. Someone else was interviewed for the book. What happened there? Um, yeah, well, that and that was a difficult example as well because Matt, um, who was interviewed, her bandmate, when he was interviewed it was four years ago. So... Um, you know, like he was feeling quite differently about it now, obviously, and had, had you know, had sort of suggested that his interview be changed or remu- removed from the book. But um, unfortunately, Jimmy felt it was too late. And, um, <clears throat> yeah, he just sort of spoke about... He was very bitter and jaded, I guess, about some things that had happened in the band and having feelings for Julia and all this stuff. And It all feels a bit like <laughs> um, Days of Our Lives when I say it out loud, but, you know... <laughs> But I guess um, the the punchline was that Julia had no idea that that's what the article was like. That's what the interview was like. And when she finally heard about it, it was like after I had read it and was going to review it and asked her, you know, can I talk to you about it? She was like, what do you mean? I didn't realise that interview even mentioned me that much. And, you know, so... So there was no right of reply for Julia and totally. the, inter- the content of the interview was kind of... Questionable. Ju- well, Julia yeah. wouldn't sleep with me, so I got her out of the band because... Kind of something, that vibe, something kind yeah. of like that. Yeah, and like you know, everybody has feelings, um, mm-hmm. and that it's totally valid to talk about your feelings within the context of music because music is a very emotional territory. And yeah. I don't have any um, issue with Matt Kennedy, you know, talking about that stuff either. It's just, I just feel like Julia could have been involved in that process a little more. Yeah, and I think just 
I mean, even extra to that, there was a point at which he said, and then I felt the need to remove the feminine influence from the band. Like, that's the kind of stuff that yeah. was quite explicitly, <clears throat> not just like, we've had our problems or, you know, I'm a little bit miffed. It's kind of like, Mm. Women be gone. And, I mean, the thing that the thing that I find the most frustrating about that kind of thing is that every single interview I've ever done, I have been so careful with my language in terms of not um, bad mouthing people. You know, like there's this feeling as a woman in music where you're like, oh, you know, that guy was a total douche to me and that guy was you know all these things that go on but you're kind of like but I don't want to badmouth people I want to be nice I want to be placating that's like something that women are taught to do and to see somebody just kind of blatantly do that in a book kind of frustrated me I was like man I'm so careful not to be bringing that personal stuff into um, my public persona because I want to be respectful and like that respect isn't being returned at times mm. you know so that was the other that was the other reaction I had to it I was kind of just like dude what I've been you know I could say so many nasty things about so many dudes and I just don't you know so <laughs> maybe there should be an area for that you know yeah. just some sort of platform nasty no, things just... about dudes.com <laughs> get it I out just, there in the I open. just feel like um you know there just wasn't much of an awareness of the you know the plight of women for want of a better term it just mm-hmm. felt like very insensitive that that that's how it was all handled yeah. and, and the thing is like I can tell right now that you're being very careful about the way you talk about you know yeah, the book yeah. about the author about you know the guy from Kitchen's Floor Matt yeah. so you know I can there are there are things you could say you could come out all guns blazing but you're not doing that well and I don't I don't want to because I don't want it to be about us versus them I want my feminism is very much all about being inclusive and mm-hmm. being. Um, more of a sort of a sharing of experiences so that it's like easier to understand why that's offensive you know not so much like you did that and that means you're a jerk and I'm never going to talk to you again it's more like uh um you know when you do that it doesn't feel good (laughs) did you know that oh you didn't okay well let's talk about it you know yeah well I think that's it's also I mean if you start attacking someone personally and saying you've done the wrong thing they're going to shut down and not want to like you know, look at what they've done and maybe think about, oh, that would make you feel bad. They just get defensive. Yeah. I guess it's a fair Which enough Which is threat. fair enough. If you if you didn't realise a thing, it's like, it's it's kind of shocking to be like, oh my gosh, I hurt someone's feelings, you know, so you get defensive. You've brought in a track, Evelyn Morris, by Josephine Foster and the supposed few. Mm-hmm. Is it supposed or supposed? I guess, I guess supposed. Mean. I've always mm. said it's supposed. Yeah. yeah. It's more poetic. It's called All the Leaves Are Gone. Why do you want to bring this one in? Uh, well, I did a cover of this. I love this album that she did with the supposed few because it's like Josephine Foster always sings very kind of fey, beautiful folk music, and I love that stuff. She's got like a very um, kind of... Uh, traditional style of folk singing voice, you know, it's really amazing. It's almost like from the twenties, but um, in this album, I guess because she was sort of arguing with the with the guitar and the band members, it's like she's really pushing her voice, and I love it. It's so unleashed. And um, <clears throat> this particular track, I also really love the the lyric in it. She's just sort of really, it's very depressing the lyric but it sounds very celebratory so it just it for me that's a perfect combo of of of, um elements in a song on fbi 94.5 my guest on out of the box today is evelyn morris aka pikelet here's a track from josephine foster and the supposed few one two broken my shoe
through their music. Out of the box. Stored on the shelves of my memory. My thoughts are in perfect array. My life runs smooth like a highway. Billboard show me the way. Roberto Cacciapaglia, my time. Now, why do you like that song, Evelyn? Uh, well, I love Roberto's um, composition work. Um, and this is an album he did specifically for this singer, and Steele, I believe her name is. And um, the the experimental stuff that he does is like weird and awesome and totally weird. And so That was the, a little bit weird and awesome too. So <laughs> is the... Oh, no, this is like it's way weirder. It's like got, you know, kettle drums that kind of... Oh, you can't call them that. The um the school people get annoyed. The conservatorium people get annoyed. The timpani um, <laughs> go like... Um, they, they just go like... Boom, like all over the place. And it's hard to explain. You actually have to listen to it. The album's called Sonanza. It's one of my favourite albums of all time. We'll but post that it, on the program page so you can find it if you yeah, can. Yeah, Roberto Cacciapaglia, Sonanza. Absolute it's essential listening in my book but also this album it's totally 
different because it's made for this woman and she's like, you know, just this kind of weird artist. And um, uh, all of the songs, all of her lyrics are about just you know, her stuff, like that song's about her time, you know, she's just singing, I love having time to myself, I love it when I feel like doing this and feel like doing that, and you know, she's just celebrating the fact that she has time to herself, and and that's excellent because often, you know, songs that women sing are um, really sort of kind of confined to a small territory of topics like romance or heartbreak or, you know, that's sort of been the territory of women for a long time. Uh, any songs where people are singing about different stuff is generally more my steez. <laughs> so it's kind of, I think that kind of relates to Pikelet, though, your main project that, that we'd know you for at this station. I think you've had an album of the week or two in uh, in the past. Yeah, thanks. So you, you've not really covered the usual lady topics mm-hmm. as Pikelet. What kind of stuff have you sung about that's not, not the usual? I mean, I, I love singing about... Um, you know, kind of things that are difficult to define. Um, so, but then putting them into a narrative that's simple. So, uh, one of the songs is called that I I tried really hard to do that. It's a little bit pretentious, but I'm going to explain it anyway. It, it is um, it's called Toby Light, and it's about a guy who um, wanted to be made of pure light. Um, so he set himself on fire, and really, like that's a pretty simple story, but. Um, what I was trying to get at was, um, you know, just the concept of having a body and what does that mean to you? Like, how does your body feel to you? Um, if you think of, you know, whenever you're sitting and meditating or, you know, just thinking about your arm, for example, like, you know, with your eyes closed, the way that your arm feels is very kind of different and intangible and shapeless. And, um, that's kind of, I guess this Toby Light character was really like not happy with the fact that his solid body had this specific shape at all times and he just wanted it to be that intangible shape that he feels in his mind. And um, <clears throat> so that's why he, he thought, if I, set, if I set myself on fire, then, like, you know, <laughs> I'll be released with the flames and the smoke. But I, I just uh, really, I guess what that's about is just, you know, the, the, the fact that we do feel kind of trapped and often we do stupid things to, like, not be trapped. <laughs> Imagine what people would have mused about with that song on songmeanings.com. They would <laughs> they would have never gotten there. Yeah. I, but I, I, I think that's the other thing. I love having songs that have a personal feeling for me that have, I guess that's also what Toby Light's about, having that the song has a shape that everybody else consumes, but for me it means something very deep and resonant and spiritual and it's um generally not something I would talk about. Mm-hmm. So as as Pikelet, I mean, you've been Pikelet for how many years now? Uh, a long time. Um, since like 2006. Wow. So That's yeah, almost, almost nine years. Nine years. years. Ooh, yeah, almost a decade. Yeah. How exciting. <laughs> You're gonna have a like ten years of Pikelet party. Uh, have probably, a cake made out of Pikelets. Probably not. Ten candles. Nah. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> party pooper. Anyway, yeah, so why why'd you call? Pikelet, Pikelet. Why was that the name of? Uh, well, project? I was when I was twenty three. I started this band, and I, um, my mum was suffering from cancer at the time, um, breast cancer, and was having treatment. And her and I have a very, very close and kind of codependent relationship, where we sort of help each other through anything that's going on in our lives. And um, I can really help her. You know, I can like anything that she was going through. I didn't understand, and I felt sort of helpless. And my words felt very thin and pale, and not like they weren't doing anything so I was playing a lot of punk music back then and my mum never really liked it so I thought I would uh make some stuff that she would like in the hope that it might you know sort of emotionally help what's happening um so yeah and she used to make pikelets for me when I was little and when she did make them she made them out of like you know whatever was in the cupboard and given that I had no money at the time I just borrowed a lot of gear and borrowed some recording equipment and put it together so it felt like a return pikelet to her um but that was yeah I guess the intention was for it to just be that one cd to her um and actually like initially when I played it to her in the car because it was on cassette and her stereo really sucks on in a in a little laser she was just like not into it (laughs) she was just like uh uh, yeah uh, that's it's fine it's great that she doesn't do the whole you 
done really well, sweetie. No, she does eventually. But like when I first played it, I was sitting there like hopefully waiting for her response, being like, I have poured this, you know, feeling into this song and it's for her. And she didn't really get it. She was just like, hmm, sounds like sort of strange. And um, but eventually she really got it, you know, and and my mum's a very emotional person as well. So, um, yeah, there was something about presenting something to her that was emotional without using words that was yeah important to me and then once once that all happened and she got better um which is awesome I uh I kind of by then it was just settled in me I was just like oh I love doing this weird pop music as opposed to doing punk and I'd found a way that I could sing and feel comfortable and you know previously I just sang while I was behind the drums so the idea of being out front was very scary and having a loop pedal and stuff really helped me to hide (laughs) yeah so that's how it started Delightful. And for a second there, you were thinking of renaming Pikelet to Phuket. Yeah. Now, why did you it was one feel of those, the need to get away from that name? It was one of those, like, real flurry of um, kind of freak-out moments, actually. But that's the thing with the internet. It's just always there forever now. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but I, like, um, I just – I read this story about um, the island of Phuket and how um, the – I mean, first of all, the word sounds similar to me, but it sounds kind of less uh, – cutesy um and I there was this story about the island of Phuket where you know the Burmese army in 17 something or other was like trying to uh, attack the island of Phuket and that was because the king had passed away recently and so the queen his widow was like well we just have to look like we have an army don't we we don't actually have to have an army you know even though the troops are kind of not being led by the king we can probably pretend we have an army if we just dress up all the women in the uniforms and surround the island and sure enough you know it worked the Burmese army retreated and that story just really resonated with me um and I kind of I just wanted to <laughs> proclaim it. But then I was like, also, uh, Phuket's a, a place that has its own history aside from that one story and I don't really know anything about that. And sort of, It felt insensitive <laughs> after a so while. So like, okay, maybe backtrack. Yeah. We'll be Pikelet. Backtrack, <laughs> Pikelet. Plus all my friends and, and, and everybody was just kind of like, what do you mean? Pikelet's fine. Just don't be silly. And I was like, okay. Yeah, but you were kind of worried about the, the cuteness of the word Pikelet. Though, yeah, yeah, bit. yeah. And I think that's a funny thing that I've gone through with this project for for the entire time I've been doing it is that, you know, initially I was in punk music and it felt like I was surrounded by dude vibes all the time. And I was just like, well, I'd like to explore my femininity or whatever that is. And often that kind of means like explore, exploring the stereotypes of being female and being in music <laughs> and and trying to see what those boundaries are and push those boundaries. And I think, yeah, partly the name Pikelet was kind of me being like, well, you know, it's cute. And and there's like an infantile feeling to it or something, you know, because you have Pikelets at kids' party. <laughs> so we've got a track to take from Laura Jean. Now, why did you want to bring something from Laura Jean on the show? Um, yeah, well, that Josephine Foster track that I played earlier is a track that her and I covered together when we did a show together and I did it was the first performance of my piano pieces that I'm doing at the moment um, <clears throat> and we covered that song together and then after that realised that we really loved playing together so I'm in her band now um, and we've been touring around her most recent album mm-hmm. um, and, and A Mirror on Earth why this particular track? Well, she um, she does that thing that I was talking about really beautifully where she can sing about pretty much anything, even if it's romance or love, and have entirely her own voice and has um, the ability to invoke all kinds of things in me. Every single time she's played me a song that I've had to learn, I've had to get past getting really teary first. You know, I just think she's the, the most incredible lyricist that I've ever come across. Plus her arrangements are incredible, like really, really particular. I love you. One of them now from Laura Jean. My guest on Out of the Box today is Evelyn Morris, aka Still Pikelet. She's still Pikelet. <laughs> and here you go, Laura Jean, a mirror on earth. Mistake with L. 
of the box. <laughs> out of the box. On FBI. Great little track there from Crass, brought in by my guest today, Evelyn Morris, a.k.a. Pikelet. And uh, what, what was the name of that one? That's called Smother Love by Crass. Excellent, excellent song. Makes me feel so excited yeah, every those, time I hear it. Yeah, the combo of those songs just then, Laura Jean first and that second, really, like, yeah. total opposite ends of the spectrum. And both beautiful expressions yeah. of, of far more than the, the minimal emotional territory we're usually allowed to tread. She's. I love how much um, she, the woman in Crass questions... Um, you know, the boundaries of what love's supposed to be and all of that. She sounds so posh while she does it as well, but furious yeah, at the same yeah. time. I love it. And She's very articulate. Indeed, yes. yes. And so with Laura Jean, that um, A Mirror on the Earth, there's you were getting chills throughout that song. Yeah, there were a couple time. of moments. So what what were those moments? Like what what did it for you in those moments? Uh, well, she has a really beautiful um way of presenting the external narrative, you know, the the things she was doing, the the where, where she was in the world, you know, you get a real image of it, and then also the sort of undulating emotional narrative underneath the internal narrative. Um and so there's a line where she's like she's just she's a child and she's just realized what divorce means and that her parents are getting divorced and she goes outside and sits on her swing and she remembers the grass and she looks out over Brisbane waters and then remembers how uh, and then thinks about how she should have been a better daughter like it just you know it's brutal <laughs> like I think she's such a good writer and um oh dear getting a little bit misty yeah um <laughs> yeah and there's a, a but there's track. heaps of moment in that even just the piano arrangement in it is beautiful and the those sort of baritone vocals that um the engineer added and yeah Everything about it's very well done. Mm. That's my favourite thing about this show is that I get to leave with these CDs and listen to them a lot. Yeah. So um, also, if you're listening and you really like these tracks, I will put them up on the website after the show. So give me 20 odd minutes. Maybe a few of the extra ones that I brought in but didn't have time to play. Well, basically we should just make a big long um, kind of track list for whoever is interested in what you're into. I mean, you've got got a lot of fans in Sydney, so. (sighs) Maybe. I hope so. That'd be nice. All right. So... Uh, in a second, we've got a track from a band who you had toured with. But, yeah. I mean, I wanted to ask you first. You've toured with Beirut. You've toured with Sufjan Stevens, Camera Obscura, Jens Lechman. Mm-hmm. Um, out of all the people that you've toured with, was there just one particular person or one particular band that you just, like, really clicked with? I mean, definitely broadcast, but that's because I was a huge, like, drooling fan you know I had been a fan for sort of 10 years before and I'd been writing to them periodically like once a year saying even back when when I only had MySpace I was like writing to their MySpace being like can you come to Australia please and like um (laughs) they were really great they'd always write back I don't think they ever connected me in real life with the with the crazed online fan that I was thank god yeah which is cool (laughs) I was just like playing it cool you know and um but they yeah Trish was um just so lovely and to have somebody who you idolize that much just be 
totally down to earth like and she had this beautiful Birmingham accent as well which I'm a real sucker for and um and so yeah it was that was like one of the best experiences of my life and then it was really bizarre because about a month after that um really sadly she passed away um from pneumonia wow I didn't know that still happened which all kind of came really out of the blue and I just felt like what like I just couldn't fathom it and intense it it just felt like I was in some bizarre movie narrative but um yeah so that that was really amazing um I and you know like I said playing with Laura Jean is definitely one of the best kind of musical experiences I've had in a long time I mean but in terms of people I've toured with like everyone tends to be pretty nice like it's really the only ones you remember because they stick out are the ones that are kind of like sort of up themselves or whatever <laughs> and they're very few and far between like most people are pretty down to earth and you can have a good chat Sufjan Stevens was super nice he was like you know just very quirky and like was just very accommodating and friendly but I mean I got super drunk on the last night of the tour and tried to hit on everybody so it was <laughs> it was uh, I don't know if I don't know if they remember me that remember me that fondly <laughs> but um I'm sure they do yeah oh dear so the track that you've bought on from broadcast is actually live. Yes, so. I love this live recording because broadcasts have these beautiful, really amazing polished um, production on their records, but this live one just demonstrates how incredible they are also live. Um, I love them. So out of band. the box on FBI, Evelyn Morris, aka Pikelet, my guest today.
just remembered that was a live recording. Yeah, I know, it right? It was flawless. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right. Trish so Keenan, what a, what a hero. Broadcast, come on, let's go. This, among many other tracks that we've been playing throughout the hour, will be on the programs and playlist page if you give us a bit of a, maybe a halfer. That'll be how long it takes us to get it all up there. And, uh, yeah, you can listen back to the show on On Demand as always. But before we let dear Pikelet here go, a.k.a. Evelyn Morris, there are a couple of events that you'd like to talk about yep. that are happening. One's tonight. Tonight mm-hmm. um, uh, we're holding a small casual uh, informal listen meeting, um, which is to encourage you, all of you, um, that feel as though you might have something to contribute to the Listen Project, uh, or even if you're just curious, or uh, even if you just want to come hang and talk about sweet feminist stuff and music, we're going to be meeting at the Sappho's Books at 6.30, well, 6.30-ish, you know, I'll be there from 6.30 and then people will be coming and going. So um, come Still. along if, if you feel like it. And, it, like, if you have even just the tiniest fragment of an idea, we can we can help you develop that into an article and we just want you to come along and have a chat. So women then, in music and women who love music. And dudes that want to write about it and, you know, anyone and everybody. everybody. So inclusive. Delightful. Um, and so the other thing that I'm doing up here is tomorrow night I'm playing a gig at... Uh, Hibernian House, which is 342 Elizabeth Street, and it's the warehouse number 401. Um, you can just buzz when you get there and you'll be buzzed up. I'm going to be playing, they've got a beautiful grand piano up there, so I'm going to be playing my new piano pieces on that, uh, which I might put one of on the side as well, mm-hmm. so you can have a little pre-listen. Uh, and that show is going to be killer. Like, it is Brie Van Rijk is playing her... Um, percussion pieces. She's an amazing, you know, percuss- percussionist. <laughs> He's played with everybody, Holly Throsby and all kinds of other people. And um, there'll also be uh, Sui. She's a, she does sort of weird synth pop. And all the women from um, All Arexes Live in Texas are going to do solo pieces. Wicked. Yeah. So it's a full night of awesome lady tunes. And definitely I do encourage you to check out listen, listen, listen.org because that's uh, where, where you can actually, you know, see what other people are contributing to the project and see if you would like to fit in with what's going on there. And we've got one last track. Yeah, this, mm-hmm. uh, what did we go with? We're going with, I oh, think we're going to go with Catherine, Catherine Ribeiro yep. and Alps. So she's a, a singer from France from the 70s. She's kind of like generally a lot more angry than she sounds in this track. She's she's like an angry Edith Piaf. Um, <laughs> and I think she's, I've always found her really inspiring. And this piece really communicates a lot without any words. So um, yeah, get into this album. It's super awesome. Evelyn Morris has been my guest today on Out of the Box. My name's Ash Berdebers and definitely go check out listenlistenlisten.org and go on fbiradio.com and go to the programs and playlists page and you'll find Out of the Box and all the information from today's show. FBI 94.5.
It just turned 1 p.m. and you are listening to Thursday Lunch on FBI Radio. Big thanks to Ash Berbes with Out of the Box just before. My name is Yaya Stempler, filling in for your usual Thursday Lunch voice, Beth Douglish. Um, and I'll be here with you for the next couple of hours, helping you get through your lunch break um, with a whole great new music. Um, I've got some Hermitude for you. I've got Aurora all the way from Norway and the Blind Shake and plenty, plenty more. But we'll kick things off with some local goodness. Here's Food Court with Dripping.
You're on FBI 94.5. My name is Yaya, filling in for Beth Douglas on Thursday lunch here with you. That was local solo producer Simone with Katusha. Before that, we heard from Food Court with Drippin. And who's as excited as me about the festive season? Laneway is approaching, happening this Sunday. Unfortunately, it's sold out, but there's some great, great sideshows still up for sale if you want to see some of the artists. Um, I'm going to play you 